Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host Curtis. And on today's show, we're going to spend the majority of the time looking at the college football national title odds that were, I guess, re-released or updated by Bovada last week. Pretty reputable site there. Um, So we'll have a lot of fun with that. But before we move that direction, we do quickly want to just remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at Glory underscore UGA and or you can email us at GloryUJPodcast at gmail.com. Definitely feel free to let us know your thoughts on the topic we discussed today, the national title odds, um, and really anything else. Anything else you guys got thoughts on, we'd love to hear what you have to say. And uh, if you are a regular listener of the show, if there are such people out there, you already know this, but for any new folks checking us out for the first time, just a heads up that you can find our show uh, on a number of different podcasting platforms out there, including iTunes, SoundCloud, of course, Dog Sports Radio, where we kind of all got started, uh, the TuneIn app, Stitcher app, all those out there. So a ton of options for you uh, to access the show in whatever way works best for you. So check those out. But um, let's go ahead and move on to a quick recap of the weekend that was, and you know, some weekends are better than others. Some aren't so great. But this past week, we incurred it. It was a, it was a pretty good weekend to be a Georgia Bulldog. Uh, both the men's and women's tennis teams advanced to the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tennis tournament that's being held here in Athens this year. That's kind of what we do as a, as a men's and women's tennis program. We always, we're pretty much always year in year out in at least the Sweet 16. Uh, the guys are actually playing number four UC, USC Thursday at four. We lost them earlier in the year, but that was. When uh, we were struggling a little bit, we're, we're a much different team, much better team than we were at that point in the year. Even though I think the final score was 4-0, it's closer than that would indicate. So it'll be a really great match. It'll be a rowdy environment. So if you get a chance, come on and check it out. And the ladies will be playing 12th seed of Pepperdine on Friday at 4. I know the timing of those matches, 4 o'clock on a weekday afternoon, is not ideal. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, it's probably hard to get up here. Um, but if you live in, in the Athens-ish area, it's definitely worth your time. So come check both the guys and the girls out. Um, and like I said, the, the guys are really young this year. They won the SEC, the regular season, and the SEC tournament. And they are fully capable of beating anyone out there. But honestly, uh, I think the women actually have a better chance to make a deep run this year with maybe, when she's at her best now, the best player in the country at number one singles in Ellen Perez, the Aussie. Um, so she's uh, she's awesome. Come check them out, guys and girls. It'll be a fun weekend. Then uh, over in Rome, uh, what is that, Kurt, from Athens? Is that over? That's down the south, right? I'm going to go with down. that. Yeah, yeah. go south. My, my Georgiography sometimes is lacking. I fully admit that. But uh, down in Rome, we had a bunch of future dogs teared up at the state track meet this past weekend, highlighted by Nate McBride, man, like doing what Nate McBride does. Won four state titles, including the 100-meter with a 10-7 100-meter. I mean, just freakish at that size. When When you see those numbers and see what he was able to do, at Rome, does that get you excited about what he's going to be able to do when he gets into Athens here in a couple months, or actually oh, a month? It, it has to at least, you know, make you think that we have some athletic ability to work with. Yeah, I mean, he's like we talked about this all during the recruiting process. Like McBride's physical abilities, like you just mentioned, they're off the charts. I mean, at two hundred twenty plus pounds, 
win the hundred meter, winning four states. I mean, I think he was also part of the four by one relay, four by four relay, and the two hundred. He also the two hundred meter he also won as well with like a twenty one something there. So just freakish athletic ability for a guy that size. But the question with him is, as it has been for a while, is how natural is he as uh, as a linebacker, as a true football player? And we'll get to, we'll get to see that. I, I'm, I'm, for me, I kind of gone back and forth with that. You know, he had the year basically missed the entire year, his junior year. So I'm very excited though about what potential he has. Like like you said, the raw materials we had to work with there. So see, it'd be very interesting to see what he ends up doing during his time here in Athens. Hopefully, he blows us all away. But uh, that's also the baseball team, man. Can't forget about the baseball team. Wow, did you see this over the weekend? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you're still not sold on it? Still not sold? Um, I think it was at least nice to see it happen for two weeks in a row. I think that's yeah. the one thing. You remember, like I said, you know, it's nice to get those wins, but what we really need is consistency. Right. So at least we're seeing somewhat something of winning two in a row. Yeah, and that's what we said last week. You know, last week, or I guess two weekends ago now, uh, we win the series at, at the time, number four, Kentucky, leading the SEC East, go up there, win a series. Uh, and we kind of said that same thing. We're like, okay, well, this is nice, but let's see, can you repeat this? Anybody can go up there and actually win a series here and there. Upsets happen. I mean, it's a crazy world. Things like that happen. But can you do this consistently? Can you start to build on that moving forward through the end of the season? And we beat Tech on Tuesday at SunTrust Field, and that's that completed the season sweep at Tech, three-game sweep there over the course of the season, and then we beat number six Mississippi State at home in a series, two out of three. So that's that's some positivity there, right? But, I, let, I mean, let's be real, though. Let's make no mistake. While the recent results are, are promising, overall this has been yet another rough year for the for the Diamond Dogs. It has been. I mean, regardless yeah, of what we're doing yeah, right I mean, now. This year's been nothing but a lot of uh, missed opportunities. Yeah, I mean, regardless of what we're doing right now, which is positive stuff. Let's, let's be it. It's positive. I want to be fair. But it's still going to be the four straight losing season under Scott Strickland. Uh, it's it's just how it is. But then on the other hand, like you don't coincidentally luck into consecutive series wins over top ten teams, especially us over the past couple of years. And you and I have been hard in the baseball program all season. I stand Rightfully by that, so, huh? Rightfully so. Yeah, I agree. I stand by that. Like I, at this, they they deserved it. The team, the program has deserved it. And for most of the season, the results have just been unacceptable. But I think when making decisions on whether or not to bring back coaches on the hot seat, a guy like Scott Strickland, I, I don't know. I think a part of me thinks you have to project forward. I mean, sure, what he's done with the program at this point helps inform us like what we think the prospects for the future would be under his leadership. But I really think the ultimate decision on whether or not to bring a guy like him back has to come down to what you think gets us back to relevancy quicker in the future. Is it sticking with Scott Strickland, letting him kind of play this out and finish out these recruiting classes that he brought in? Or is rolling the dice on another hire by Greg McGarity going to get us back to relevancy quicker? So, uh, where where are you with that right now? Are you still sticking by what you what you've been saying all along that it's time for Strickland to go and us to move forward with a different coach? Or are you maybe uh, now? I still think it. I just cause I just still have no faith in his um, his ability to get players better, develop players because he, he's been here four years, and while we're very young right now, the players he's inherited and the players he's had. He, I haven't seen much development. People like um, we've seen some he, progress over the over the second half of this season, haven't we? A little bit over the people that he's had for more than a year, like okay. people like Keegan McGovern, people like that who have been in the program. Okay, yeah, I mean that's fair. I I do think some of those young guys that he recruited are getting better as the season well, goes along. I think they're along. better overall players, yes, but I still don't know how much better he can get them. Though is my question. Yeah. 
I don't. It's a, it's a tough question because it's kind of like going. Back, it's like Mark. Remember Mark, the whole Mark Rick deal? Like he'd be on the hot seat all year long. I mean, was it 2011? You you lose the first two games, but then you you finish strong down the stretch, and he kind of had a habit of doing that year after year. And he gives himself in the hot seat, but then he finished just strong enough to save a job. He beat Tech, beat Auburn at the end of the year, win the bowl game. Like he did. It, it, what was it? What year was that? Was it 2000? Was it 2016? Or I'm, I'm sorry, 2014 when we played in the Belk Bowl. We played Louisville yeah. in the Belk Bowl. Was that 14 or 15? That was 14. It was right. So remember the talk around around that bowl game that it's a game that Rick kind of had to win, or he might lose his job. Well, he goes out and puts up a great perform. Our team puts out a great performance, wins the game, he saves his job. I kind of see some some similarities here with Strickland. Now, Strickland never had the success Mark Rick well, ever had. similarity to me is Mark Fox. Ah, maybe that's a better really one. really on the hot seat to, um, to some people, and then he ended up winning some of those games at the end of the season. When J.J. just went out of his mind? Pretty much. Yeah. And how much how much is that really Mark Fox doing a job, and how much is that J.J. just going insane? Yeah, I mean, and that's it. It bought him another year, but I still want to see us being better next year. I don't know, man. I'm kind of torn on this right now. Part of me thinks that this team is really young and they are improving. We got some good pieces. Got Michael Curry to be back for another year. I mean, we got we got some guys. I like some of the young uh, Zach Christofak is a pitcher. I like some of these guys that we got on the roster. Some of these young freshmen and sophomores. But you still can't ignore four years. At, at some point, you say, okay, well, it's great that we've won a couple series here down the stretch, but. Is that really going to outweigh what the rest of the season has looked like? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll get another series against South Carolina this weekend. We'll see how that rolls. And I, I mean, getting the SEC tournament, even if we, it looks like right now we're probably going to sneak in there as a 12 seed. Uh, so, do you have any hopes in us making a run in the tournament? Not at all. Yeah, I just I would like to believe. And we'll ma- be lucky to win one game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, coming as a 12 seed, that's pretty much how it'll be. Yeah. But all right, let's go ahead and move on to what you guys all tuned in for, at least what I think you probably tuned in for, and that is some football talk. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, uh, maybe I'm just a total degenerate, that's probably the case, but I always love looking at the betting lines and the futures odds on teams when they come out. I, I'm not really a, a big gambler or anything like that, but I'm just kind of fascinated by the process. Uh, and about this time every year, you're going to start to see the futures odds, the overs and unders, things like that coming out. And Right on cue, late last week, Bovada released their updated national championship odds, and you might be surprised where we landed. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, some of you guys probably already looked at this and know where we landed, but um, you might be surprised when we get there. But uh, before we get into the odds for all the different teams and where, where they have each team situated right now in their national championship odds, Kurt, I'm curious, first and foremost, before we get into who has a better chance to win national title, things like that, I'm just curious, when you're thinking about national title contenders – for you, what are the key ingredients that make a team a true title contender? What does a team generally have to have in your mind? Um, all right, I think there's a couple key pieces. I think playmakers on offense, no matter who it is, you always see playmakers. Um, if it's running backs, wide receiver, someone that can make the big-time plays. Yeah. Um, defensively, I really look at pass rushing. I, I think without pass rushing, there's no chance of you being a good team in Look at all these the teams recently that have won or been successful. They all have a great pass rush. Yeah, very true. Um, and then, you know, number three, I think, is leadership um, on both sides of the ball and even in your coaching staff. Interesting. I, I like that, though. How do you quantify that leadership? Is that just one of those innate things? Um, I mean, it's some of the things. I mean, look at Clemson. You had Ben Bolware, someone like that, on, who was huge for them on defense. And then on offense, you have Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, while well, he's also the playmaker, but he's also the leader on that team. You know, they go down, and he brings them back. I mean, that's just how it is. And you look at any good team, you have a leader who's usually a pretty good player on your team that, you know, kind of 
you know, get some troops come in. That's true. Uh, uh, that's, for the most part, I think that's absolutely true. And I like what you said about uh, pass rushers and playmakers. I think it comes back, to me, one of the big things is quarterback play, right? And I, yeah. I think playmakers, you need to have big-time players who are able to make big-time plays offensively. That's absolutely 100% true. I think the key one there is the quarterback at this at this point, whether it's NFL or college, I think it's more so the case in the NFL. In college, you can somewhat get by if you're not maybe a, a truly elite quarterback. You still need good quarterback play. I mean, look at Jacob Coker with Alabama. He wasn't an elite quarterback, but he was a, like a good senior leader who did a good a job. Yeah, a lot of, right, had a lot of playmaking weapons around him, the Calvin Ridley's, guys like that, you know, Derrick Henry's. So you got to have big-time players making big-time plays, and most of the time you're going to need a really elite quarterback. And if you have one of those elite quarterbacks, you're going to be you're going to be in a position to – to make to, to make some noise throughout the season and in the playoffs as well, but along those lines, so you need you need to have a quarterback. Then and this is a, an old cliche, but I think it's true. You got to have someone who's going to protect the quarterback, an offensive line, particularly a left tackle, uh, and you got to be able, like you mentioned, have a pass rush that's going to be able to affect and get after the quarterback. Uh, I also think the line of scrimmage is something we yeah, cannot ignore. I think the ignore. line of scrimmage is definitely the because you got to. That's probably the one I truly missed because you have to be able to win it both sides of the ball. Yeah, you got to control the line of scrimmage both sides of the ball. That's going to give you. Um, it's going to give you a chance in every single game you play if you're able to control line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I mean, it really in short, whether it's the line of scrimmage, whether it's quarterback, whether it's playmakers, whether it's pass rushers, you just have to have the dudes, right? You have to have the dudes that can go out there and get the job done on the field. It's you got to have the Jimmys, uh, the Jimmys and Joes. You got to have them. The X's and O's are important, but you got to have the Jimmys and Joes. And I think another thing that you got to factor, especially in college football, and maybe to a lesser degree the NFL, but we're talking about college football. Who cares? I don't care about pro football, whatever. Um, in college football, it's the schedule is such a key component on whether or not you're going to make it to the title game, and, and it's kind of this balancing act. You want to make your schedule good enough, but not too tough, right? When you go back to like the first year of the playoff, Baylor and TCU, their schedule wasn't good enough, and that kept them out of a playoff bit. But you also don't want to overload your schedule and make it too tough where you lose a game or two that you otherwise maybe wouldn't have if you hadn't challenged yourself that much. I mean, look at Oklahoma last year. They play Ohio State at home, uh, get blown, get the doors blown off at home, and out, out, they win the Big 12, but because you get your doors blown off by Ohio State at home, you're out of the playoff. So you want to make it tough enough, but you don't want to go too far to the other side. So... And, and some of that's outside of your of your control as a program. You can control your non-conference schedule, but you really can't control your conference schedule and who you get. That's just kind of the luck of the draw. If you got a team at home or on the road on any given year, uh, so. But I, I do think you have to look at the schedule when kind of determining if a team is a true national title contender. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I yeah. think so too. All right, so looking at those things: schedule, the dudes, quarterback play, all that. Are we there yet as a program to where we can like realistically say with a straight face that we can actually contend for national titles? Are we there yet? No, because I still think we have work to do on the line of scrimmage, especially on the offensive side. Yeah, I I, I think we're closer than a lot of people would, would indicate at this point. And I, I don't think most people consider us a national title contender, probably justifiably so, because we, we just haven't been there in recent years. Uh, so why would you think Georgia at this point? But if you look at some of those key pieces, I think our schedule this year, we talked about the schedule last week, and while I think the schedule is tougher than people want to give it credit for right now, I still it's, n- it's still not a, a daunting schedule, right? Yeah. It's still manageable. I think it's tougher than some people want to say. I think we have some, some potential pitfalls in the schedule that people aren't really paying close attention to. Maybe Mississippi State at home, South Carolina at the end of the season at home could be potential tough matchups for us. Um, but still, by SEC schedules, it's a, a manageable schedule. So we got that going for us. I think on the defensive side of the ball, 
I would say we're close to having an elite defense. Are you there yet with our defense? Yeah, I can see, especially with the news that uh, Thompson will be back. Yeah, yeah. I hope you guys caught that. Translated me enrolling this summer, be back with the team, which, which is kind of what we expect. I mean, he was he was with the team all all during spring, he just wasn't actually enrolled in school. So that's going to work out well. And if Trent can take that next step and kind of think about what he, how what he was doing against TCU and not just them, but really the end of the season there. He was really showing the potential to be the guy that we all hoped he could be. And so if he can kind of continue on with that and take that step, we could potentially control line of scrimmage defensively. With guys like with Thompson, of course, then Ledbetter. You got some of the freshmen got a lot of playing time last year with Clark and Rochester. And you still got Davin Bellamy here. You got Lorenzo back. So we've got some we've got some depth and we've got some potential elite players that could control that defensive line of scrimmage. Now offensively, that's where I still have some serious concerns. I I don't think it's as bad as everyone wants it wants to make it out to be after G Day because that was a control situation where defense just pinned their ears back. It's well documented. So I mean, I think we still have some some room to some serious room to improve on the offensive line of scrimmage, but uh, maybe not as bad as everyone wants to make it out to be just after G Day. We'll see. There's still a lot of a lot of time to see how that plays out. Quarterback play? Are we there yet? Where we can say we have an elite quarterback? I don't think we know yet. Yeah, that's just that's the unknown. I think it, it could be the case. But, I mean, we saw signs last year. But we also saw some moments like, what the hell are you doing, man? And, you, and there's the accuracy question. Is this guy going to be able to read defense consistently? Is he going to be able to hit the ball, hit the vertical shots on the field when they present themselves? So there's some questions there. And then, you know, what's going to happen with, with Fromm? Is Fromm going to really truly push over the summer? We'll see. Uh, but I think we have playmaker-wise, so outside the quarterback position, I think we're set there. Would you agree with that? Uh, I think we have unproven, but... Yeah. Well, I think I think we have a mix of proven and unproven. I think at the running back position, we have proven talent there. It's there. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that no question is proven. Now, the, the playmakers, I, I think at tight end, we have some guys that have proven they can be playmakers. I think, uh, well, particularly Isaac Nauta. Jeb is Jeb's not a playmaker. Let's just be real. I think Charlie Warner can do that. He showed flashes last season, but he kind of got that injury, so you don't really know. But I, I'm high on Charlie Warner. At receiver, uh, I think we have some guys that are poised at the next step, but you're right. It's an unknown there, but I'm... I, I'll say this, and disagree with me if, if you do. That's cool if you do. I feel comfortable with the playmakers we have on offense. Are you good with saying that? I think so. Yeah, I, I think at this point I'm comfortable. Now, they got to prove it, but I think I'm comfortable there. Uh, so I, I think we have the ingredients to, to be a pretty damn good football team this year. National title contender? I don't know. I don't know if we're there yet. Actually, I don't, I don't think we're there yet. We're actually going to really really compete for national title this year maybe an SEC title and I can at least put you in the conversation but that I, I need to see it from the offensive line and I need to see it from the quarterback before I can go there now if, if those two things work out well for us this year then absolutely we could be a national title contender but I, I'm not going to sit here right now and say I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that both the offensive line and the quarterback play are going to see major upgrades this season I think they'll both improve how much is the question that remains to be seen but all right, let's get into these odds here. I think this is going to be fun. I, I enjoy doing this stuff. So what I'm going to do, Curtis, is I'm going to give you a team. And I want you to tell me whether you would give them better or worse odds than us this year in 2017 to win the national title. And then I will tell you whether or not Bovada agrees with you. Cool? Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's start with this one. All right. In your opinion, who has the better odds to win a national title in the 2017-2018 football season? Is it Georgia or Michigan? I'm going to say Georgia. I think Michigan has a tough – you know, they're always got to play Ohio State. 
And I think Ohio State returns a lot of weapons compared to what Michigan's going to be returning. I, I think that last part you said is, is the key thing. What is Michigan returning? They have five returning starters. Now, and this is something that we all, during the talking season, the offseason, I mean, we don't have anything really else to talk about and to go on when we're kind of judging these teams. But you know, so you always talk about the returning starters. Now, sometimes that means something. Sometimes it doesn't. If you have some of these programs that kind of reload, maybe it doesn't mean all that much. But I think in Michigan's case it might if you consider the, the quality of player they are losing. They have five returning starters. Not five returning stars on offense. Not five returning stars on defense. Five total returning starters. Whew, that's an uphill battle, man. And, and the guys that they're losing, these are not just marginal players. You're losing Jabril Peppers, Taco Charlton, Jordan Lewis, uh, your top two receivers, top three receivers, Amara Darbo, Jehu Chesson, Jake Butt at tight end, your top running back, Devion Smith. Yes, you have Wilton Spade at quarterback returning, but the fact is he's got, you got five returning stars. And in all the hype that Jim Harbaugh has gotten since being there, What's the highest they finish in his two years? Third in their own division. Third in their own division is the highest they've they've finished, even with all those players who are now gone. Now I know he has recruited well, and you, like we said, you got to have the dudes. But Michigan, now over the past two classes that since Harbaugh's been there, they've recruited pretty well. They got the number five class and number six class. But if you go back and look at the past four classes, Michigan's averaging a, a, a number seventeen finish in the, in the class rankings. That's good. But is that good enough to sit here and say that they're going to definitely be a national title contender in 2017? Not compared to Ohio State. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. In your own division, you have both Ohio State and Penn State ahead of you right now. So I, I think Michigan will have a solid year. They're probably a 9-ish win team this year. Maybe a 10-win se- season, potentially. But national title contender, I just I don't see it. I think Ohio State, like you mentioned, is just ahead of them right now. And if you can't win your own division, well, then you're not going to make it into the playoff. Or you're not going to make it into the Big Ten championship. If you don't make it to the Big Ten championship. Let's be real. You're not going to. You're not going to make it to the playoff. Probably not. Probably not. Think crazy things happen. And the way the season develops, we'll see. But I just don't see that happening. Uh, but so I agree with you. However, Bovada does not agree with us. They have Michigan tied for fifth um, in terms of the teams they think have the best chance to win the national title at uh, plus twelve hundred odds. They have base. They have Michigan up there. Let me pull this up here. Michigan is tied with Oklahoma and Penn State. That's who they got them tied with there. Um, but and look, I, I'm, I'm gonna say we just mentioned like we don't think that we necessarily have a great shot to win the national title this year. I don't think necessarily this is our year. Maybe if things develop, we'll see. I just don't think so. But I would still put us ahead of Michigan based on what we have returning, and uh, and also our schedule. If you look at it there, the SECs we at least have a very good shot to win our own division and get into the championship game, which. Then who knows what happens there. All right, let's move on to uh, the next one here. All right, Georgia or LSU? Who would you give a better odds to a national title? I'm a, I mean, of course, they're going to say LSU, but I'm going to go Georgia. The fact is, of LSU schedule, um, they're always going to have to play Alabama. And they got at Alabama this year, I believe, right? They're at Alabama this year. So I'm not sure. I'm I'm pulling this up right now. I'm yeah, they played I'm pretty sure they played Alabama at home last year. I'm almost hundred percent certain of that. So let me pull this up real quick though. Alabama Yep. Yeah, they're at Alabama this year. So you and they, remember they also so they got the whole the weird quirky thing with Florida at home last year, which they were supposed to play at Florida. Well this year they have to go to Florida. They have to go at two Florida two years in a row. So they actually have one less SEC home game. So they're going to they're going at Mississippi State, at Florida, and that at Mississippi State game, sneaky tough early in the season. I'm telling you, sneaky tough team right there. 
So at Mississippi State, at Florida, at Ole Miss, who, ah, man, we'll see what happens there. But they still have some talent there. At Alabama, at Tennessee. That's tough, man. That's tough. And you got BYU to open the season in Houston. So that's a very difficult schedule. You still got to play the likes of Auburn, Arkansas, and A&M as well, even though those are at home. That's a tough schedule, man. It's a very tough SEC West slate. So, But beyond that, like, let's look at this team. So the schedule is one thing we mentioned that as an ingredient to a national title. We also mentioned quarterback. How do you feel about their situation at quarterback right now? Still, I still, I mean, while Edling is a decent, I don't see him as anything to write home about, Dude, honestly. Edling is average as grit. And while Weiss is a really good running back, he's all they have. Right, exactly. So I, I hear people say, when they point to guys, say, well, there's not going to be a drop of running back. Guys is just as good as Leonard Fournette. True, true. I don't disagree with that. Guys is a hellaciously good running back. I really like what I've seen him. But the thing is, there's no two-headed monster. Last season, when Fournette wasn't hurt, you had the two-headed monster. You had Fournette and Geis. Well, now you just have Geis, at least yeah, in terms of proving. Fournette sat out. Geis, while running well, they, the team did not do well. They lost to Florida. They, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you having that two-headed monster in this day and age – that's I don't want to say it's necessarily a, a requirement, but it certainly helps when you can kind of spread out the load there. And they just don't have that right now. And look at and so and I also think Danny Etling is like I said, average is grits. He he couldn't he did fine in the against average opponents, but he could not even come close to getting it done in big games. He was a non-factor. And then you look at the the big losses they have. I mean, talk about Michigan losing guys. Look at what LSU lost: Leonard Fournette, Jamal Adams, Shadavius White, Duke Riley, Kendall Beckwith, Malachi Dupree. Those are some big losses, some big shoes. If an Arden Key hasn't been with the team, who knows what his situation is going to be like when the season rolls on. I would say I would lean towards him probably being back with the team by the time the season rolls around, but you don't know that. So there are some huge question marks. And like I said, every team, every year is going to lose players. It happens. But, man, those are some big shoes to fill. But I will say LSU has recruited really well over the past four years. They've averaged uh, a number five finish in the recruiting rankings over the last four years. They had a number seven class, number three, number six, number two class come out to number five overall. So there is talent there, but how much of that just left is a question you have to ask. I mean, Fournette, also, Adams, White. I mean, they recruit always well at certain positions, but never at the quarterback position. I mean, it seems like that. Right, and then you got a new coaching staff in there. I mean, well, some of it's a carryover. you got Coach O bringing a new offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. And you, you hear they're going to change the offense. I know it's a new coach, but I still have a sneaking feeling that when it comes down to it, they're going to be the old school LSU, right? I, I, I'm going to have to see it before I actually believe they're going to really change up and revolutionize what they do offensively. Especially when you when you got Danny Etling at quarterback, and then you got Malachi du- or you got uh, not Malachi Dupree, um, you've got Darius Geis at running back. Do you really have much confidence that they're going to be that dramatically different on offense and how in terms of how they look? Nope. I don't, and and their fans are really high on Matt Canada because he did a really good job last year at Pitt, and to his credit, Pitt put up some good numbers with him uh, as their coordinator, but that's glossy over the fact that he, sent, he got ran out of town at NC State before he went to, that's how he got the Pitt job, he got run out of NC State, had to land somewhere else, and ends up at Pitt, so yeah, last year was a good year, but those NC State years, man, that's not too comforting, so I, I think the jury's still out on how good of an offensive coordinator Matt Canada is going to be, and what that offense is actually going to look like, so... I, I honestly, based on what we have coming back versus what LSU has coming back and our schedule versus their schedule, I actually like our odds better. I'm with you on that. But uh, they actually, Bovada kind of agrees with us. They have uh, LSU with the exact same odds as we do to win the national championship, which is plus 2,000. So basically 201, essentially, if I'm reading that correctly. 
But interesting to look at that one. I, I would definitely like our chances better than LSU. I, I would go on record saying that. Uh, next one here. Let's go. Uh, let's stick in the SEC. Georgia or Auburn? Who would you give the better national title odds? Auburn's in a lot of preseason hype right now with Jarrett Stidham. Um, Georgia. Once again, Auburn has to play play LSU and Alabama. Yeah, uh, Auburn plays in the SEC West. A much tougher road to get to the SEC title game. Let's be real. Getting the SEC title game, that's almost a prerequisite right now to get in the, into the playoff. Now, that's it's not an official prerequisite, but in reality, you kind of need to get there, at least playing it, right? And I think we got a better shot than they do. And Auburn, I mean, they got a ton of unknowns. Are you as high on Jarrett Stidham as everyone else in the free world seems to be? I mean, I'm high on him, but, you know, you got to look at I mean, they're going to Clemson game number two. Yep. Uh, they have to go to Missouri. Uh, they have to go to LSU, to Arkansas, and to A and M, all back to back to back. It's 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 a killer typical SEC West then, schedule. Yeah, I mean, then once after that that rough three game road schedule of LSU, Arkansas, and A and M, then we play Ben. Yeah, so I mean, that's yeah, four, four, tough four weeks in a row. Yeah, this is, and they got a bye week built in between there, but still, you're right. At LSU, at Arkansas, bye week at A and M. Us at home, and then you get Louisiana Monroe at home. But then after that, you follow that up in the season, of course, with the Iron Bowl against Alabama. So, and then you got, you said, at Clemson thrown in there, a sneaky game at Missouri. Ooh, that's a tough schedule, man. And I, I just, sorry, I think our schedule is a little more manageable than that. Not, I, I would say, a good bit more manageable than that. Uh, do you see? Are, would you, if you're an Auburn fan, would you be concerned to have like a Jeremy Johnson repeat with Jarrett Stidham, all the preseason hype, and then just kind of fall flat on your face? Um, not as much. I think he has a little bit more of a sample than what Jeremy Johnson had. Yeah, he does. And uh, Jarrett Stidham had two starts at Baylor his freshman season, but in those two starts, there were two full starts, and he absolutely looked the part. I still say that, but that is the extent of his experience right now, and he's never been in this system. But I don't think he's he's not Jeremy Johnson. Okay, this guy is a legit quarterback. He really is. Uh, Johnson, I had my question marks coming in that season when everyone was projecting him to win the Heisman. I, that was the season I got the first thing right in the history of my life, and I said they were going to end up 6-6 six and six while everyone was saying they were going to win the title. And it's because I didn't trust Jeremy Johnson because he was not a fit for Gus Malzahn's offense. He just was not the type of player they needed to excel in that offense. So that was my concern. Stidham. I think there's some question marks here. Um, there's a lot of, in my in my opinion, there's a lot up in the air with them offensively. Because the question for me is, what will that system look like this year? You bring in a new offensive coordinator. Rhett Lashley's gone. It's now the offensive coordinator at Connecticut. Will Gus Malzahn really give up control of the offense to the new coordinator, Chip Lindsey? Or will the offense still look very much the same and have Malzahn's fingerprints all over it? If you had to guess right now, which way would you lean? Probably Malzahn not handing over. Yeah, I think I think he'll give Lindsey some freedom to do certain things, but it's hard for me to imagine a complete reimagining of the Auburn offensive football system. Especially, like you said, how long it took Lashley to do it. And Lashley's been with him for a while. Right, so. and, and look, Malzahn, is, he cut his teeth as an offensive mastermind, which I think is greatly exaggerated. I think he was an innovator in certain ways, but... Now, let's be real. Like, his system has somewhat been caught up to, and it doesn't work to its optimal level if you don't have that true dual threat quarterback, like Cam Newton, a Nick Marshall kind of guy. They had that really in a couple of years. A guy that can that can be a dangerous threat with his legs, but also keep you honest with his with their arm. They thought Jeremy, not Jeremy Johnson. No, they did think it was Jeremy Johnson. They thought Jonathan Franklin would be that guy, but they realized that he could not hit the broadside of a barn. So he had the running element, but he could not even hold a defense honest. 
So they haven't had that in a while. But he cut his teeth as an offensive coordinator, as a guy that was this offensive mastermind. It's going to be hard for me to imagine he's going to completely give up control and allow his baby to be completely revolutionized by Chip Lindsey. We'll see. Um, so my question is, how? I, I think Stidham's a really good quarterback. I, I do say, I do want to say that. I do think he's good. But how will he fit in this system? Because if it is the true Gus Malzahn system, he is not a fit. He, he's, a, he's a mobile quarterback, but he's not a true dual threat guy. He's not going to destroy you with his legs. Uh, but you do get Cam Petway back. You know, he was just destroying people, just just bulldozing people all season until he got hurt last year towards the end of the season. Um, I remember we talked about them previously. You were concerned somewhat about their defense. So you still have those concerns? Oh, yeah. I mean, while, you know, they have uh, Marlon Davidson returning, is the fact that he also had Montrevious Adams to take a lot of pressure off him. Yeah, you uh, couldn't really know. double Marlon Davidson. He got a lot of single coverage because you had to give so much attention to guys like Carl Lawson and guys like Montrevious Adams. And I Adams. can't count the number of times in the past we've seen it where someone took the double teams and allowed him to get single teams, and then the very next year when that guy who would get single teams starts being the one getting double teamed, he no longer is the yeah. same person. When you're the, when you're the focus of the offense, yeah, when you're the focus of the game plan, and when – Offensive coordinators are, are game plan. They say we gotta stop this guy first. Okay, can you be as effective? We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I don't. I don't know. I think Marlon Davidson's a good player. I don't know if he's that kind of player. I don't know if he's a dominant disruptor like that. If he's even if he's getting all that attention, but he still makes plays. We'll see. Um, I'm not as down on them defensively as you are. I do think losing Montrevious and Carl Lawson is a big loss. You also lose Josh Holsey in the secondary, but I think they're gonna be a little better off um, than some people think. You mentioned Marlon Davidson. I think Deshaun Davis and Trey Williams at linebacker are a pretty good duo there at the inside well, linebacker see, I position. I think another thing is, too, is you're, you're going to see who Kevin Steele really is. Kevin Steele got helped out by the talent he had. That's a really good point. Yeah, he had a you know surprisingly solid first year as a defense coordinator with them. When I, I thought it was an underwhelming hire. I mean, it was about their 12th choice when they finally went to hire him. Um, I think you're right. We'll see. Is Can he repeat that with losing some of that talent? But you got some guys back. Carlton Davis, another guy got back. Trey Matthews, um, dude, Trey, what up? He's average. He's okay. He's but, still hey, around. He's no. still around. No, it's hard to believe. Um, but uh, I guess maybe a physical presence there is a strong safety. I don't know. Derek Brown, big time news tackle recruit. That well, don't really want to speak much about him. That a lot of people want. We wanted him badly, if you guys remember. Uh, so he looks poised, maybe take over one of those teams of tackle positions. I think there's some talent there. Um, and just like you said, though, we got to see what Kevin Steele does with it in year two. But I'm with you, man. Again, I, I would give us a better shot than Auburn. I really would. I think, yes, we have question marks at quarterback and offensive line, but no more question marks than they do. They have a new offensive coordinator coming. What's your offense going to look like? Stidham, yeah, he looks he's looked the part in the past, but is he going to be a fit for that system? Defensively, are they going to be as good as they were last year? Are they going to take a step back? I think we have. I think they have just as many, if not more, questions. And our schedule, our path to, the, to a potential national title, I think is a little more clear than it is for Auburn. And again... The uh, well, not again. Uh, I think this is the first. Is it the first time? Yeah, it is actually. But the uh, people at Bovada they actually agree with us this time and are giving us a better shot to win the national title than Auburn, which I was surprised by considering all the hype Auburn's beginning in the preseason so far. Um, they gave Auburn just a slightly less of a chance to win the national title than us. We, they had us at plus two thousand. They had them at plus twenty two hundred. They came in right after us, tied for tenth. So right there on our heels. But I, I would give us a better shot there. All right, now let's go outside the conference here real quick for a couple. Um, let's go – this was an interesting one. Georgia or Louisville? Georgia. 
Georgia. The fact is, Louisville lost Grantham. Well, I don't think Grantham's anything special. It really hurts him. They had a lot of people leave. Shaq Wiggins left. You lose Josh Hardy Clemens. You lost a Fields guy. Um, and offensively, while you still have Lamar Jackson returning, I just don't think that there's going to be the stuff around him as you saw this past year. Dude, I, you said it perfectly. I could not say it better myself. I mean, okay, Louisville has one elite playmaker, right? You have the Heisman Trophy winning player. You got Lamar Jackson, who is a capable but unspectacular, unspectacular passer, but he's a spectacular threat with his legs. But they lose a ton around him. You lose an all-conference tight end, an all-conference wide receiver. Like you mentioned all the guys on defense they lose. They were solid. That's one thing that was kind of lost in, in the story last year. They were pretty solid defensively. Not great, but, but pretty damn good. And you lose Devontae Fields as a pass rusher. You lose Josh Harvey Clemens, Shaq Wiggins. A lot of guys are lost. Uh, and you also got to factor in, Louisville's in the same division as Florida State and Clemson, guys. Uh, that's just going to be a tough road to hoe for them. It really is. And I, so I'm with you. Georgia, I, I, I'm, I, I know we keep saying that, man, but here's another team. I think we have a better shot to win the national title, Dan. And this is where uh, Bovada actually agrees with us again. They, but they actually have Louisville tied with Auburn uh, for 10th, for the 10th best odds to win the national title at plus 2,200. That's crazy. I think Auburn would be a much better choice than Louisville. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah. I think Auburn would have a much better – I mean, Auburn's going to be a better football team. Maybe, And I don't think their, their path is that much more difficult. Yes, it's the SEC West, but Louisville, like I said, they got Florida State and Clemson in your own division at Kentucky. Of course, you're your in-state rival. Ah, man, I, th- I think they're overselling Louisville there. They're really giving a lot of credit, I guess, a lot of credence to having um, the Heisman Trophy winner back on the roster. That's, that's high. That's high for them. All right, um – Right, let's go stay in the southeast here. Georgia or Clemson? Uh, I'm going to go Clemson. Or, I think Georgia because I think FSU is going to be better this year. Um, and the fact is Clemson, you know, you lose your running back, your quarterback, multiple receivers, and off defensively you lose Ben Bolware, who is a, a huge, Heart of the huge, defense, man. Heart of the defense. Yeah, exactly. And I think they're just, they've lost so many more weapons. Yeah, I, dude, I, I kind of agree with you. And it's, I know Clemson just won the national title. Guys, I know that. I'm not happy about it, but I know it. But here's the question I have for you. Yes, Clemson won the national, they won the national title last year. But has Clemson really gotten to the point where they just reload and will be a perennial playoff contender year in, year out? Have they gotten to that point? Are they, are they like an Alabama? Are they really at that? I know they beat them last year. But as a program, year in, year out, are they really at that Ohio State, Alabama, really kind of Florida State level where every year they're a perennial playoff contender? Not in my opinion. I don't think so either. I really don't. And let me tell you why. Uh, I think if you say yes, then you have to kind of say the same about us. You have to say that, yes, we're a perennial playoff contender. Because if you look at the recruiting rankings, people, I keep hearing this right now, that Clemson has become a monster recruiting you know, giant. That they're recruiting at the level of an Alabama, an Ohio State, a Florida State, a Georgia. Guys, I mean, they're not. Clemson is not recruiting at that level. If you go look at the last four years, on average, Clemson is finishing with the 13th ranked class in the nation. That's solid. That's good. It's respectable. But that's not an elite level. Last year, they finished number 16. I know they didn't recruit up. They didn't have a... a a big class in terms of numbers last year, but still, 16th, year before, they had, they had the 11th ranked class, they had the 9th ranked class year before that, and they had the 17th ranked class. That's in a four-year span, it comes out to an average of 13. Now, yes, they have they have hit on some really elite players, guys like Deshaun Watson, uh, Vic Beasley, guys like that, but 
they're not recruiting even at our level. So if you're going to say that Clemson has the talent where they can just reload every single year based on how they recruit, then you would have to say the same thing about us. Because in the same four-year span, we're finishing on average with the sixth-ranked class overall. The sixth-ranked class. So we've recruited significantly better than Clemson over the past four years. Now, we haven't hit, we haven't had that transcendent player yet, like a Deshaun Watson. We'll see if that happens with some of these guys we've recruited down the road. But as a whole, we have a more talented roster based on recruiting rankings. And recruiting rankings don't tell the whole story, but they tell a hell of a lot of the story. So I'm with you. I don't think they're a team that you say, just because they won the National last year, they're going to reload this year and they'll be right back where they were. I don't even say that about them yet. I got to see more. They got to recruit at a, at a much more consistent level, a consistently elite level than they have been, and not just rely on these one, this, these kind of transcendent players. Because let's be real, that's what they were last year. They, they had some really good talent around Deshaun Watson, but they had one truly transcendent player, a great player, an all-time great perhaps at quarterback with Deshaun Watson, with very good talent around him. But now you still have the very good talent, the the quality talent. But you don't have that transcendent player. So to expect them to continue to compete at that level year in, year out without that transcendent type player, I just don't think you're going to see that. I really don't. And you mentioned all the losses they got. You got a serious question mark at quarterback. I think it's going to be a lot harder to replace Deshaun Watson than people want to say right now. Uh, I know they have a highly rated guy in Hunter Johnson, kind of like we have with Jake Fromm, another highly rated guy coming in. They got Zarek Cooper as a highly rated recruit. Kelly Bryant looks to be the guy who's probably the favorite right now, but we'll see how long that lasts. But it's just so hard to replace greatness like Deshaun Watson. That is tough. And then on top of that, all the other offensive talent, you lose Mike Williams, Artavis Scott, Jordan Leggett, which are three of your top four receiving targets. You lose your top two rushers in Wayne Gallman and Deshaun Watson. Uh, yeah, you do return a couple playmakers out wide. You got Deion Kane, who's a big play threat with 19 yards of reception last year. Hunter Renfro is just a dude that keeps making plays. Doesn't look like much, but he keeps making plays out there. Ray Ray McLeod's another guy they're going to rely on. But still, you lose Mike Williams, you lose Artavis Scott, you lose Jordan Lillian, you lose Wayne Gallman, you lose Deshaun Watson. And on defense, you mentioned Ben Bowler, it's the heart of their defense. A marginally talented player? Like, the dude didn't even get drafted. Did you see that? Yeah. I, I was. Were you shocked by that? I was. I was stunned. Didn't even get drafted. But still, he was a hell of a cultural player. Now, they have guys like Christian Wilkins and Dexter Lawrence on the defensive front who are elite defensive players that can really help you control that line of scrimmage is one of the ingredients that we talked about that would help you win a national title. But there's a lot to replace there. I don't think they're at that level. They're just going to automatically repeat this year and be back in the conversation. If you look at that schedule, got Auburn at home week two. Will whoever the new quarterback is be ready for prime time by then? I don't know. Then you draw Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech from the Coastal, which is, I mean, that's respectable. Uh, tech, the, I think Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech will probably take a step back this year, but there's still two tough teams from the Coastal, tough-ish teams. Uh, you also get uh, you also have a, a sneaky game at Louisville early in the season, right after that home game against Auburn, and a sneaky tough game at NC State the week before you host FSU. So the schedule I don't think does them a ton of favors. And, and as you mentioned, FSU I think is the class of that division this year. So yeah, I know it's it sounds crazy to say because we haven't been there recently, and Clemson has with winning national title last year. But looking at this year, I think we have a better shot. I think we have more coming back. I think we have better talent. All around, we don't have that one transcendent player yet. Um, at least it hasn't emerged yet. Hopefully it happens, but it hasn't yet. And I think our schedule is a little more doable. And Bovada actually agrees that they have Clemson tied there with Louisville and Auburn, tied for 10th with a plus 2,200 odds there. So just a hair behind us, but behind us nonetheless. All right, got two more for you here real quick, and we'll get out of here. Uh, here's an interesting one for me. Georgia or Oklahoma? 
Would you? Why Oklahoma yeah. over us? I just think that they have just Baker Mayfield. Simple as that. Yeah, I mean, if you talk, we, one of the things we mentioned is an agreed international title. Although they lost E.D. Westbrook and their two running backs, but if anyone could do anything with something, it's going to be Mayfield, who's a little bit more athletic. I love Baker Mayfield. I, lo- I love watching the guy play. I love watching him compete. He's just a, he's a gritty competitor. He's got he's the guys, you know, under recruited. Not really paid attention during the recruiting process. Got a chip on his shoulder. I love the edge he plays with. Now, well, that's you know, arrest, stupid arrest aside, whatever. On the field, I love the way the guy plays. He's got that edge about him. That just that some that it factor. Um, but dude, outside of him, like and they have sixteen returning starters. But outside of him, I don't know how many proven playmakers they've really got. I mean, you, like you mentioned, you lose D.D. Westbrook, who I believe won the Blitnikoff last year. Uh, you lose Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan. Basically, three of your top four playmakers offensively are gone. And last year, defensively, I mean, they won because of offense last year. They were 82nd nationally in defense. You got a lot of guys returning, but, I mean, that's off the 82nd defense in the nation last year. You have 432 yards a game. Uh, they also they have to go to Ohio State. I think it's the second game of the year. Now, outside of that, though, you do have the Big 12 schedule, which the Big 12 is a joke. I mean, they're at Baylor, at Kansas State, at Oklahoma State this year. But still had that game at Ohio State. I don't think they're going to win that game. Do you? No. And then that, if you, so if you don't win that game, then your margin for error to get the national title is essentially nothing. You can't lose. You have to go undefeated in the Big Twelve. And I, I have to think that at this point, I think Oklahoma has a, a, a loss somewhere in there because I don't think they're a great team. I think Mayfield is really good, but I got to see some playmakers emerge around him and see that defense take a step forward. We'll see. I, I don't know. I honestly. I know this, again, sounds blasphemous. You're probably all sitting there just laughing, shaking your heads if you call me a homer. But looking at our schedule, there's no Ohio State on the schedule. It's, it's, we have a, a solid schedule, no Ohio State caliber team. And I think that we, we return more. I know we don't have the quarterback, and that's where that's one ear they have on, that they have on us is the quarterback. And But everywhere else, I like our running game. I like our defense better. I like our potential playmakers out wide better. Now, coaching, they probably have on us right now at this point. Kirby's still got to prove himself. But I, I don't know. I, I would I'm, I would maybe call it a push, but maybe I'll give us a side edge there. But uh, Bovada does not agree with me. They actually have Oklahoma with uh, the fifth best odds to a national title, tied for fifth at 1,200. So they actually are giving them better odds. They're with you. And I could go that way too. I just, outside of Mayfield, I don't know what they have. And the last one here, uh, Georgia. Oh, let's, let's go. Well, I'll just go one more here. Georgia or Penn State? Georgia. I think yeah. Ohio State beats them this year at home. Yeah, I think Ohio State's got their number this year. I think they're yeah, I think they're going to have them at home. Um, well, Penn State should be good on offense, guys. I mean, they were 21st national last year in yards per play just outside of the they top They did 20. lose that top, top wide receiver, though. Yeah, they do lose Chris Godwin, but they have a lot returning, though, outside them. They have quarterback returning, Trace McSorley, who we saw most of the game a couple years ago in the – what was the what the tax layer bowl now? Not the, not the Gator Bowl anymore. Tax layer bowl. Who kind of impressed me? He had a good year last year. He's kind of a dual threat type guy. Got a good, really good running back. A really good running back in Saquon Barkley. Uh, a great tight end in Mike Gesicki. Deshaun Hamilton's a pretty good receiver. They kind of maybe step up and take Godwin's place, maybe. Uh, but they do lose five stars on defense. That was a top twenty unit last year. But I'm, I'm with you. I'm gonna come back to the schedule. They got to go to two Ohio State. You got at Iowa. So they're going to the nine game schedule in the Big Ten this year, right? The nine-game conference schedule. And this so happens to fall this year 
that they're going to have five conference road games. Every other year, you're going to have five conference road games. And this happens to be a year where Penn State has four conference home games and, four com- and five conference road games. They're at Ohio State, at Iowa, at Northwestern, at Michigan State, and Maryland. And, and really, if you look at their schedule I broke down, in three consecutive weeks, the schedule makers did them no favors. They've got Michigan at home, then the following week at Ohio State, and the following week at Michigan State. I'm, I know Michigan State was down last year, but still, that's a really tough three-game stretch. I would... I don't see them coming out of that stretch better than one and two. They also got Pitt at home in the non-conference. So, honestly, I think we have better odds. I just think we are a better team overall. If you look at talent-wise, go back to the recruiting rankings. Penn State, over the course of the last four years combined, they're finishing, on average, 18th nationally in the recruiting rankings. Whereas, again, we're finishing sixth. So, I think we have more talent. Now, they have some more proven guys on offense. Maybe well, they're more so at the quarterback position, I guess. I, and Saquon Barkley is really good, but I saw, I take our running backs over him. Um, the is a really good tight end, but I think we have tight ends that can that can match that to a degree. I think we have some good options at, at wide receiver. I think their schedule is uh, a little tougher than this. And, the, and like they, like we said, they got Ohio State in their own division. So, yeah, I'd give us better odds there. But Bovada disagrees with us. They actually have Penn State tied for fifth. They tied with Oklahoma with plus 1,200 odds to win the national title this year. So, Interesting there. And so let's quickly, um, before we get out of here, I want to quickly run down the top 10 real quick for, those, for these Bovada odds and what they've got. We kind of tease at the beginning. They have Alabama, surprise, surprise, uh, with the best odds with the national title at plus 300. Then Ohio State. Then USC at number three, both plus 700. Florida State uh, in number four all alone at plus 750. And then they got Oklahoma, Michigan, Penn State tied at plus 1,200 odds. And then you got LSU and Georgia, we're tied with them for the for number eight there, plus two thousand, and then Clemson, Louisville, Auburn, all tied at twenty two hundred in the tenth spot there. So if you look at those names and all those teams, and those, those people, there's some teams that have been in the conversation a lot more than we have in recent years. So when you hear us, or hear Bovada is listing us as having the eighth best chance to win the national title in two thousand seventeen. What's your general reaction? Is that too high? Is that too low? Is that just right? I think it's pretty fair. Yeah, I mean, like, we just went down some, some of these numbers with some of these teams, and it, really, it sounds weird when you say that we have the eighth best chance to win the national title this year, considering where we've been in the recent past versus some of these other teams that have been in the conversation. But when you match our team up with those teams that are in that same vicinity – I think we match up pretty favorably. I mean, I would say Alabama, Ohio State, USC, Florida State, those four teams, I say unequivocally, should have better odds than us, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I think unequivocally. they In, in USC, uh, I don't know, but Sam Darwin's just a hell of a quarterback, so I, I would give them the edge right now. Those four teams, definitely. But I think there's an argument to be made with Oklahoma. It seems like Oklahoma, Michigan, Penn State, LSU, Clemson, Auburn – I think there's an argument to be made that we have just as good, if not better, odds to win the national title this year than those teams. So, yeah, I, I think if you look at it in reality, match us up against those teams, what we have returning, what they have returning, what our schedule looks like, and base you know our, the ingredients that are necessary to win a title, what we have and what they have, I think we match up pretty favorably there with some of those teams, even though we haven't necessarily been in the conversation as much as they have in those programs that have in recent years. So, it's just an interesting conversation. I like looking at that stuff. It's, again, like I, I might be a degenerate looking at all the gambling numbers, but it's fun, especially when we don't have true football to talk about right now. But uh, always appreciate you guys listening to the show here, guys. We really do. I know we say this a lot, but it's true. Um, shows for you guys, and we would not have it if it wasn't for you listening into it. So we definitely appreciate that. Check back with us on Thursday. We'll have some more college football talk for you guys. If you get a chance, again, 
make it up here to Athens if you're in the area. Uh, you won't regret it. Come here and watch the, the insulated tournament. Guys, 4 o'clock on Thursday. I know the time sucks, but it is what it is. And then the ladies, 4 o'clock on Friday. And then if we win, we'll have matches on Saturday and Sunday. So come on, check the team out. Support them. They deserve it. Uh, but for Curtis, I'm Tyler. And as always, guys, go dogs.